Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Welcome to Vital Life Connection, and I've got a very special guest on the show today, a good friend of mine, a friend that if he had to share uh, everything he knew about me, I would uh, not be running these podcasts anymore, uh, but uh, that's just a joke, <laughs> hopefully, but uh, Chad and me go way back, and I'm interviewing Chad Burnett here today, and so Chad, welcome. Thank you so much for being on my show, and thank you so much for giving us your time. I know that before you got on here, you were stuck in traffic. That's the wonderful thing about Houston. That's why I don't want to stay in Houston. Sorry, Houston people. But uh, <laughs> welcome. How's it going today? It's going well, thank you. How are you doing today? Doing, doing much, much better now that I'm home and, and definitely glad to be on the show today. Good. Well, Chad, I'm sure my viewers would love to know a little bit about you and where you're from and where you're at. And Why don't we jump in with that? Let's just maybe a little bit of an introduction, who you are, maybe just a little bit of a background and what you're doing now. Okay, well, my name is Chad Burnett, and like you already told the uh, listeners today, uh, you and I have known each other for several years now. Um, I'm originally from East Texas. Um, I know, right? <laughs> Unlike some people who migrate to East Texas, I decided to migrate out of East Texas. Um, <laughs> made my way down to Houston, actually recently moved to Austin. So it's the Austin traffic I got to fight today. Oh Not, my gosh, uh, that's right. I, why did I think you were in Houston? Well, the, the, the traffic in Austin isn't quite as bad, but we have fewer roads here, so it all, it all adds up the same. <laughs> that's called assumptions, um, right? Assuming where you're at. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Right, right now, I work in finance. Before that, I've, I've worked in management. I've worked in restaurants before. I was a teacher for two years, so kind of worn a lot of different hats. Been married for about nine years now. Very proud father of a daughter who turns eight at the end of this month. So. Exciting times right now. Eight years old. Time really flies. Uh, your, your, your claim to fame in the East Texas area is not all the, the naughtiness that you got up to, but you've got a very famous dad over here who's <laughs> very well known amongst all the drivers in East Texas. Isn't that correct? That's correct. That's correct. If anybody was on the road during the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s, they probably do remember Radar. Um, I think... <laughs> I think he funded the entire city budget with the tickets that he wrote, but <laughs> thankfully for everyone out there, he did retire a few years ago, so it's a lot, lot safer to drive fast now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't feel as safe as when your dad was on the road, that's for sure. Uh, you <laughs> make sure that everybody slowed down. Watch out that's for right. Well, good. Well, so you've been married now for nine years. I can't believe it. Actually, I had the privilege of marrying you and your wife. Is that correct? Uh, if I remember clearly, <laughs> you you do remember correct. Uh, you were there. Is that the uh, the Summit Club downtown? That is um, right. You, you must have worked some magic because we've managed to stay together for for quite some time. And I just threatened you guys. That's all I did. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But um, it's been it's been a good uh, a good journey for the two of us. So we've been very very blessed. Wow! And uh, you've got an eight year old little girl. Correct, Sophia. A very cute little one. Uh, we we always seeing pictures of you. 
on Facebook and uh, all the things that uh, she gets up to and all the funny things she says. They really can say some of the funniest and craziest things, but wisdom comes out of the mouth of babes, that's for sure. That is true. She, uh, she came up to me last week, in fact, and she stopped and looked me squarely in the eyes. She goes, I'm going to call you dad now. <laughs> that was it. The whole change. Daddy, no more. Now, dad, and she's fully committed to it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Chad, uh, I'm sure you, my viewers are probably wondering why. In the, okay, so you've got a friend on here that you've known for a while. Why do you have Chad Burnett on? A few years ago, Chad, well, as you said, a year and six months ago, your, your life was turned upside down. And maybe for my viewers, maybe give me a, maybe a little bit of a lead up towards that story that you're going to tell today. A story where not only your life turned upside down, but I'm sure your family, your little girls, everyone's life was really turned upside down. And it took a moment for that to happen. But the lead up to that and the reason you found this out, maybe share a little bit about that and what led up to the, the discovery of what you're about to share with us. Okay, yeah, no problem. So it was about, about two years ago, I was promoted at my job. Um, I had been managing for a company called One Main Financial, and, and that was in the Houston market. And I was there, and I was, I was managing, and there were a lot of good fortune, hard work. I managed to get promoted to a district manager position. That's actually when we made, we made the move over to Austin. With that position, though, I had seven offices that I was managing. So that was a lot of time on the road and a lot of time in hotels and a lot of time probably not being as healthy as I should be. And at this point, I'm in my, my mid-30s and I think, you know, I can, I can handle this. It's just a grind. It's just a drive. I can, I can manage pretty well. Mm -hmm. Well, after a while, I started to get some, some back pain. And you kind of think to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm driving all the time, you know, one, two hours a day, every day there, one, two hours a day back. And, you know, back pain, it, it makes sense, you know, staying in a, a lot of different Marriott's, you know, the, the beds are nice, but they're not your bed. So <laughs> starting to get some back pain, it just, it made sense. So I would take, you know, normal thing, Tylenol, take some Advil, take some Aleve, and it would, it would ease the pain a little bit, but it would always come back. My wife suggested going to go get a massage, which, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't adverse to that. So I went out got a massage, made it feel a little better. But again, the pain, the pain persisted. But in my mind, I kept thinking, this makes sense. Of course, your back's going to hurt. You're driving all the time. You just need to, you know, take a break, take some relaxation, take some time off. You'll be okay. And I always had this little nagging voice in the back of my head was like, no, go see a doctor, go see a doctor, go see a doctor. But then the logical side of me was going, no, doctors take time. Doctors take money you're young, you're healthy, you should be fine. It's all in your head. Just, uh, just get over it. And I think that that mentality of you'll be fine, just get over it, just ignore it. Mm. That's kind of what held me back. That whole philosophy of if I just put this out of my mind, it'll get better on its own. Mm. And I think that's, you know, uh, sorry to break in there. I think that's a lot of people's thoughts many times when they have the little pains and you know, just pop a pill, take something like that, and let's not really investigate it further. I think a lot of times it might be an underlying fear of finding out something they didn't want to find out. But also, it's a lot of times, as you said, the price of doctors today, 
the price of um, the medical field and the, and the amount that you have to pay and not, you know, it's, it's expensive. So what finally pushed you to the decision to actually, you know, what, go and get it checked out? Well, one day I just woke up and it literally, it went from bad to worse overnight. I went to bed one night, stiff back, some pain. My wife was saying, at least go see a chiropractor. So we were on the fence about that, but I was, I was leaning that direction. I went to bed and whenever I woke up, my yeah. left leg, my left leg had numbness running down. Oh, wow. Whenever I tried to walk, I started walking with a staggered limp. At that point, I realized that this is something different. I, I thought it must be my, my neck's out of alignment. I've ruptured a vertebrae. A disc has gone bad, something. And of course, you know, like most people, I'm sitting there. I got my phone on WebMD, right? Right. Plugging in those symptoms because I don't want to go to the doc. Doctors take time. They take money. We right. take care of other people. We don't take care of ourselves. So WebMD, you know, you think everything in the world could be wrong with you, but you're trying to find the simplest thing because yeah. you want to comfort yourself. You're like, oh, look, a chiropractor, $49.99. Go down to the joint. It's a great place. Good chiropractors, that'll solve it for sure. So that, that was my mentality, but it got to the point where I, I realized, no, something, something's gone bad. I, I'm probably going to need surgery, but I need a doctor to check this out. And my wife was relieved that I finally, finally sucked it up, <laughs> finally got in the car, and finally let her take me to the doctor. Mm. And that's kind of when things, uh, things went a little bit off the rails. I, just going back to that whole effect uh, of where you said, you know, go down to the chiropractor, forty nine ninety five, get something fixed. I think, you know, my wife being in the whole medical field herself, and she always kind of says to me, you know, people will be willing to spend money on a lot of things, but many times they're not willing to spend money on their own health to make sure that their own health is in good shape. And so we, you know, we, we spend on the egg, but we forget to spend on the goose that lays the golden egg. And if the goose dies, there's no golden eggs. So it's fine to focus on the golden egg. But I think, you know, sometimes it's important for us to go and bite the bullet and spend the money like you did finally. Now, unfortunately for you, it took, it took uh, extra pain, a huge change in your health for you to do it. But, you know, just while we're here, before we move into the story, just thinking back now, if you had to do that whole thing differently and the kind of advice that you might want to give somebody in a similar way, they're getting pain and they're not feeling, what kind of advice would you give people out there maybe listening to this podcast and going, well, you know, I've got pain, I've got that, but I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to take a pill or go down to pay forty nine ninety five. Is there any advice that you, you know, maybe something you would have done differently, some advice that you'd give to people like experiencing that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of to your point, you know, I was, I was able to find the time off for vacation. You know, I was able to find the money to go out to eat. It wasn't a lack of resources. It was kind of that fear in the back of my mind that it could be something I didn't want to find out what it was. If I could, if I could have gotten around that and put myself in a point where I just sucked it up and I realized that maybe I do need to get checked out, that, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of time, a lot of time, a lot of trouble, a lot of pain. And I do think there is that underlying fear, you know, there is that fear that we don't, we don't want to know because right. whenever it's a what if, 
there's uncertainty, but we can take some level of comfort in that uncertainty. And I also feel like maybe, maybe we feel selfish. Like if we take care of ourselves, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to take care of everyone else. But when it comes to our own needs, we, we put those aside. So, you know, my advice is if you find yourself spending a lot of time and a lot of energy treating the symptom, then shouldn't you be trying to treat the cause? I mean, I took a lot of, a lot of pills. I took a lot of, a lot of breaks. I took a lot of things to ease this pain that I was having before I actually got around to trying to find out what caused it. And if I'd gone in sooner, I mean, it would have been radically different for me. Absolutely. So what you're saying is if you had, you know, if you had a choice, you would have taken far less pills and gone straight into the doctor and made sure. Now, of course, people say, well, not every pain and not everything is going to, you know, be a major diagnosis. But if it's something, would you agree if it's something that is just not going away from a pill, not going away from what you have tried and is just persistent and it's there all the time? that it wouldn't harm or wouldn't hurt for you to maybe just bite the bullet and go and check it out and see what it is. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree with you. I was making a lot of excuses. And Uh now looking back at it, I'm thinking, why did I spend so much time not going to the doctor whenever I could have had this solved a long time ago? And all the warning signs were there. Yes. I just chose to ignore them. So you finally bit the bullet. You headed in to the... I'm guessing to the clinic, hospital, doctor. I'm not sure you'll, I'm sure you'll tell us where exactly you went to get the checkup. So did you go with your, did your wife come with you? Were you alone when you went in and where did you go? And tell us from there. So my wife was the one who, who took me there. Um, At this point, I don't think I was, I was going to be able to drive. I just had too much uh, loss of feeling in my, in my leg and wasn't extremely mobile. So she, she drove me there. It was on a Saturday, and she took me uh, to one of those little walk-in emergency clinics. And she said, "I, you know, my husband needs to get checked out." I sat down. I, I they're not hard to find nowadays. They're popping up everywhere. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they are. They the are yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's where everybody goes for every problem now. So we go in there, and the doctor comes in, and they do some blood work. He checks me out, and he goes, "Well, if it is an injury with your spine." you're going to have to go to the hospital. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You need to get an MRI. We have to find a way to, to detect what the problem is, and that's just beyond our scope. So he made a, a phone call. They reserved me a room at the hospital. You know, I, I hobbled my way back out to the car. <laughs> my wife got in there, and we drove. And while we were driving, we kept talking, and the question were, what do you think? What do you think it could be? You know, what do you think they're going to find? What's the what's the worst case scenario we should prepare for? And I said, the worst case scenario is that I've really ruptured a disc back here and they're going to have to do some kind of spinal surgery. And that's going to knock me out for days. That's going to take up a lot of time, a lot of money and have a lot of recovery. But that was, that's where my mind was. That's where I was thinking this, this was going to go. So wow. we make it to the hospital and they check us in. They're very, very cordial there at the hospital. I, I don't know why everyone chooses the walk-in clinics. Hospitals are still very nice places to go. <laughs> but uh, they carted us in there, put me in a wheelchair. I felt a little pathetic in the wheelchair. But again, I shouldn't be walking. Pride would still make me want to walk, but I got in the wheelchair. Right. And 
they carted me up in there for an MRI. And I don't know if you've ever had an MRI or if any of the listeners have ever had an MRI, but it's not a pleasant experience. No, it's um, not. Do they make you drink to, that juice? Yeah, they, they loaded me up with juice. They gave me a few injections. And you have to lay still, fingers crossed, hands above your head, and you can't move. Right. And as you're going into the machine, it's, it's a narrow tube. There's right. one air vent that blows on your face, which right. is supposed to cool you down, but having a little air vent directly on your nose, it's not as comforting as you would think. <laughs> no, especially when you can't move to scratch your nose. <laughs> you, you can't move. You can't do anything. Each, each scan in the MRI takes between 15 minutes to half hour. And if you move during that scan, they have to reset it and start you back over from, from that section. So it takes quite a bit of time. I didn't go into the scan claustrophobic, but two hours and 15 minutes after the scan, I was definitely there. It, uh, <laughs> it took quite some time. And again, you know, I'm, I'm laying down on a hard surface with this intense back pain. So mm. it wasn't comfortable, but I kept thinking into my mind, whatever I'm going through now, this is going to get me to the other side. Yes. You know, if I want this to come to an end, I've just got to close my eyes, persevere, just zone out, deal with it. Yeah. And of course, I was, I was kicking myself a little bit thinking, you know, should have done this a long time ago when it, before it got this bad, but here it is, right? Right. So we did the scan. They took me around. They did a few other little, you know, some more blood work on me. Then let me go back up to my room. Um, the doctor came in and he said, you know, the scans take few hours process. So you're going to be here overnight, get comfortable. So I got, I got as comfortable as I could in my hospital bed. The, uh, the chair next to me was a recliner. Brittany curled up in that with a blanket over her. And we decided to call it a night till, till the doctor walked in. Wow. 3 a.m. Door opens up. 3 a.m. in the morning. 3 a.m. Yes. 3 oh, a.m. Now, now Sunday morning. The door opens up and in walks the, uh, the night doctor. He's, you know, he's not, he's just the doctor on call. He's not the specialist. He's just the one that, that he, you know, if there's an emergency, he'll help out or he needs to talk to the patients. He comes in and he sits down and he's got his chart with him. And by this point, I'm wide awake. You know, the moment that door opened, I was, I was awake because I wanted to hear the results. And he sits down and he goes, well, Mr. Burnett, um, we have the, we have the results back. I sat up and I said, okay, good. You know, is it, am I going to require spinal surgery? You know, is it, is it a ruptured disc? And your wife and at this time, is she awake as well? She's asleep right now, but she's starting to wake up. And he looks at the chart and he goes, well, you may require surgery, but we don't, we don't believe it's a ruptured disc. And I said, that's good. He goes, you actually have along your spine, you have a, a lesion or a growth on, on your spine. And that kind of okay. put me back a little bit. I'm like, okay, you know, that's not what I was expecting, but this sounds like something that can be taken care of. Let's, let's get this done. And he goes, you actually have one not just on your, on your spine, but also, also on your lower back. And I said, oh, okay. And at this point... Brittany's starting to wake up a little bit more. She's now hearing what the doctor says. And he goes, in fact, it's not just your spine and your, and your lower back. Um, Let's just build the suspense. Why don't he goes, you? It's right? also, yeah, it's also in your spleen. It looks like it's in your bone marrow. 
it's spotted throughout your body and you have a large mass um, in the center of your chest. Oh my goodness. And at that point, I felt, you know, that, that hot rush you get over your body, like yes. when all of your capillaries expand and you just realize you've been told something bad. It, that, that rush was just going through me. And I looked at it and I said, are you, are you telling me that I have cancer? And he goes, well, I, I can't make that diagnosis, but all signs are indicative of that. And the oncologist will be here in the morning to talk to you. And then he walked out of the room. <laughs> so this is three o'clock in the morning. Yes. You are, well, your wife's definitely asleep. You've gone into a hospital to find out about a ruptured disc that you thought was the worst case scenario. And now three in the morning, you are being told that there's a very high likelihood that you have cancer, but not only just cancer, cancer that is already spread throughout your body throughout your body and uh man um you know i think that is one of well everybody's worst one of their worst nightmares and uh, you know i can't even experience yeah and and we're gonna here's the thing we're gonna find out a little bit more about that i think this is a great breaking point we've we've had some good discussion on on who Chad is, and I think we finally at least got partial diagnosis and uh, what's happening. But there's so much to the story that's still going to happen, and um, I'm really excited, Chad, for us to get into this and to find out more about it. But for now, I'm going to have to say goodbye to our listeners and viewers, and uh, we're going to come back and continue this interview with uh, Chad. Once again, Chad, thank you so much for being on the show with me. And I'm really excited to hear the rest of the story as we go through the following interviews and uh, talks with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Oren. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash orenrudolph.